time to enjoy uh, just a, a, a brief moment uh, talking to our uh, little kids all the way to the big kids. And I'd actually ask you to go and engage. Parents, if you could tell me uh, what, uh, what, what your kids are saying as they answer this question, I would love to see that and be able to respond uh, later. The question is, who do you go to for help? Uh, that's a, a question that big kids can answer all the way down to little kids. Who do you go to for help? Um, I, I'm assuming that you're uh, going to say something like, I go to my parents, uh, I go to my teacher, uh, I go to my coach. Um, who do you go to for help? Uh, as I would answer that question as a big kid, I, I would probably think uh, most often about my wife. I, I usually go to her for help. I'm usually uh, uh, tapping her saying, hey, can you help me process this? Can you help me think through this? And she's like, I don't have time. I've got to talk to these boys over here, right? But uh, who do you go to for help? In today's Bible story, there's a bunch of people that need help. Um, there, there's there's 5,000 people out there gathered in a desolate place in the wilderness, at least 5,000, maybe as many as 10 to 15,000, and um, they start to get hungry, and they need help. And it's really an interesting moment, because if you look at the story, nobody goes to Jesus for help. I mean, we know that that's the right answer. Who do you go to for help? Jesus. But, but in the moment of need, in the moment of, of looking at the resources that people had, how much they had, and then, and then seeing everybody out there, um, there wasn't a lot of clarity. And so nobody actually went to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, can you help us? We're hungry. And so today is just a wonderful opportunity to see and celebrate that we have a Jesus who helps no matter what. Nobody goes to him and says, hey, can you help? But he helps anyways, and he takes five loaves, and he takes two fish, and he multiplies it to where he can feed 5,000 people. He does a miracle, a gracious, good-filled miracle where people can be filled up and have leftovers to eat. And so today we're really celebrating and, uh, and thinking about how awesome and how gracious our Jesus is. Let's say a prayer together. Dear Jesus... Thanks for loving us. You are so good. We are sorry that we don't turn to you for help. Thank you for always being willing to help, even when we don't turn to you. You are so good and so great. And all God's kids said, Amen. I uh, want to just uh, kind of take a little bit of time to, to, uh, to talk, about, uh, talk to our big kids for a little while. Uh, the, the, there's a kid game called Guess Who. Um, uh, Zeke, Noah, do you guys remember that game? Guess Who? Simon loves to play that game. Older kids in the room, uh, do, do you remember that game? Guess Who? It's this game, right, where there's 24 characters, and your game board has 24 characters in front of you. All 24 characters are standing up. And your opponent is going to select one of those 24 characters, and they're going to take um, that uh, character and, and, and put it in the front of their uh, game board. They're, they're going to select that one and set it apart in the front of their game board. And your job in the uh, course of the game is to determine which character they have taken and set apart. Right? Which character they have taken and set apart. And you do that through a series of yes or no questions on a process of elimination. So you might ask a question like, um, is your person a boy? And that, uh, your opponent would say, well, yes, my, opponent, uh, my, uh, car my character is a boy. 
And then what you do is you look at your game board and you flip over all the girls because your opponent has not selected a girl. So you flip over all the girls. Uh, your next question might be another yes or no question. Does your person wear glasses? And they might say, well, no, my person doesn't wear glasses. And so then what you do is you look at your game board and you flip over all the people that wear glasses because your opponent has selected somebody, set somebody apart that, that doesn't wear glasses. And, and after a while, right, you, you go through that process of elimination, you take the time to do it, you have one or two, maybe three people left standing on your game board, and then you, you make your guess. And the, the object is to make your guess correctly, um, guess who they have selected and set apart before, everybody else, uh, before your opponent selects who you have selected and set apart. Guess Who is a very fun game, and I want you to just hold on to that illustration for a minute, uh, because we're going to come back to that sort of towards the end. After we deal with a lot of kind of biblical idea and a lot of biblical truth, um, we're, we're just going to kind of come back and try to make this whole thing simple and applicable to us right where we are. Um, in Luke chapter 9, people are playing a game of Guess Who? <laughs> They're playing a game of guess who Jesus is. And I want to walk you through the sequence that we saw there in, in, uh, in chapter 9. First of all, we get King Herod. Right? King Herod is, uh, is asking the question, who is Jesus? Now, he doesn't ask that question outright. You won't find it like that in your text. I'm paraphrasing it. But Herod is asking the question, who is Jesus? And, and he gets an answer from some people. So, so there's a lot of people playing this game of guess who Jesus is. And the answers, right, uh, some people say that you're John the Baptist. Some people say that Jesus is Elijah. Some people say that Jesus is a prophet of old. And we'll talk about all three of those in just a minute. So uh, we get this question, who is Jesus, and three possible answers. And then Jesus does the miracle, right? And the miracle, uh, that whole story of the miracle illustrates who Jesus is. Uh, I mentioned earlier how uh, this whole meal is less about the miracle and less about the meal and really more about the identity of Jesus, really more about who he is revealing himself to be. And then after the meal, it's pretty interesting. Did you catch it? Um, right after the meal, Jesus asks the disciples a question, who do people say that I am? And he gets the exact same three answers. Uh, some people say that you're John the Baptist. Some people say that you are Elijah. Some people say you are a prophet of old. Now, let's just kind of deal with all three of those for a minute. John the Baptist, you can find his story in Luke chapter 1, 2, and 3. Um, uh, it's a great story to read. You can just go and read it on your own. John the Baptist was supposed to prepare the way for Jesus, for, for the Messiah, uh, when the Messiah would come. Um, Elijah, Elijah is an Old Testament prophet, and, uh, and, and he's the one that never died. So, so he's the one that got swept up by the fiery chariot and then taken off uh, into heaven. And the people of God believed that he would return uh, right before the Messiah came and that he would announce that the Messiah was here. Right? So, so that was uh, who Elijah was. And then, and then this prophet of old um, is really Moses. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 18, uh, Moses stands in front of the people and he says, the Lord will raise up a prophet like me. Right? So, so when you see a prophet of old, um, that's really uh, referencing Moses and, and the promise right, that Moses made that the Lord would raise up somebody like him, a leader like him, a prophet like him. So, so for the next several minutes, let's just kind of sit across the table from Jesus himself 
And we'll just ask Jesus those yes or no type of questions so we can see what is revealed in this meal. So, so that we can kind of play this game of guess who Jesus is. And, uh, and we'll just ask Jesus directly. So, so the first question might be something like this. Hey, Jesus, are you welcoming? And the answer would be, yes, I am welcoming. We've got to see this, this super cool moment in the, in the story. Um, Jesus is trying to withdraw uh, from the crowds. He's trying to get away with his disciples and process with them um, uh, the, the missionary trip that they just had. And, uh, and, what, and what happens is the crowds say, oh no, we want to come where you are. And, and Jesus doesn't say, no, no, I'm trying to withdraw and get away from you people. Jesus says, oh, I welcome you, right? And, and so that's super cool. We, we saw what it looks like to welcome Jesus and what it looks like to welcome people just last week in Luke chapter seven. Um, so, so Jesus, are you welcoming? Yes, he is welcoming. And that's good news for us. Uh, second question might be like this. Hey, Jesus, can you do miracles? And the answer is, yes, I do miracles. I, I take just a little bit of something and I multiply it into a lot. Yes, I do miracles. Third question might be something like this. Hey, Jesus, do you empower others? Yes, I empower others. We've got to see this, right? Jesus doesn't just make the bread and the fish appear in the hands of people. He doesn't make it rain down from heaven. What he does is he says, hey, disciples, you take this and start passing it out to the massive crowd in front of you. And of course, it just never runs out. So Jesus does this miracle through his disciples. He is empowering them to do something that is really beyond them. Jesus, do you empower people? Yes. Yes, I empower people. Now, um, we, we want to look at those three characters that, Jesus, uh, that are described of Jesus before and after this and ask Jesus those questions too. Hey, Jesus, are you John the Baptist? Jesus would say, no, I'm not John the Baptist, but I am like John the Baptist. Now again, right, just hang in there, right? We're going to make this super practical and applicable in just a moment. So stick with us as we're dealing with the kind of bigger biblical truth here. Uh, Jesus would say, no, I'm not John the Baptist, but I am like John the Baptist. Jesus is a kingdom representative. We've got to see that. He is at least a kingdom representative. Um, when, the, when, the, when he welcomes the crowds, uh, he begins to speak to them about the kingdom of God. And as he's speaking to them about the kingdom of God, he is also curing their diseases. He's healing them of their sicknesses. And so this is kingdom of God type of stuff, right? Uh, he, he is, he is uh, drawing hearts and minds off of this world and putting them firmly on the kingdom of God. Um, in the kingdom of God, every tear is wiped away from their eyes, from our eyes. And, and that's what he's doing when he's healing and curing them. Um, John the Baptist is also a kingdom representative. When he comes, uh, Luke chapter 1 tells us that his primary goal, his main job, was to turn the hearts of people, what, onto God. And so John the Baptist is also turning hearts off of this world and putting hearts firmly on God. So, so Jesus, are you John the Baptist? No, I'm not John the Baptist, but I am like John the Baptist. Jesus, are you Elijah? No, I'm not Elijah, but I am like Elijah. Remember, just stick with us. This is all going to make sense in just a minute. Uh, no, I'm not Elijah, but I'm like Elijah. We've got to see this. Uh, Elijah in the Old Testament comes with a, 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 a powerful message, a challenging message. What he does is he says, hey, you political leaders and authorities, you are leading people away from God, and you need to stop doing that. 
Um, Elijah does miracles. Uh, he even uh, goes up to a boy who was dead and he brings him back to life. Uh, Elijah has this moment where, where, where he encounters a, a widow and, and she had uh, very little flour and very little oil and uh, he reproduces that. He keeps it going uh, it, it, and, it, and it never runs out. And so we've got to see this. There are some incredible connections between Jesus and Elijah. Um, Jesus uh, has a powerful message, a challenging message. He says, hey, you religious leaders and authorities, you are actually leading people away from God, and you need to stop. Um, Jesus has done miracle after miracle. He's already raised a boy from the dead. Uh, He's already uh, cast out demons. He's already told a paralyzed man to stand up and walk. And he's doing a miracle right here in this story when, uh, when he has a, a very small amount of resources, five loaves and two fish, and he reproduces it to feed everybody to the point where they are fully satisfied and there are leftovers. Jesus, are you Elijah? No, but I'm like Elijah. But Jesus, are you Moses? Well, no, but... I'm like Moses. We've got to see this. Uh, Moses, right, the Old Testament guy, brought the people of God out of Egypt. Uh, They had been slaves there for 400 years. And, And where does Moses lead them? He leads them out into a desolate place, out into the wilderness. And, uh, and Jesus is meeting with the people in what? A desolate place out in the wilderness. Um, uh, Moses, out there in the wilderness, uh, goes to God and says, Hey, God, there's no food. Can you? Uh, and, and God makes it rain down bread from heaven. He, he goes, Hey, God, there's no water. And, and God says, Hey, go to that rock. And, and water gushes out of the rock. More than once uh, that happens. Um, uh, Moses is the voice of God. He, he hears uh, God's voice and then he speaks whatever uh, God tells him to the community around him. And, and Jesus is doing all those things, right? He is, he is producing bread and fish, not from heaven, but straight from his hands. And, uh, and Jesus is speaking the word of God to them right where they are. Jesus, are you Moses? Are you a prophet of old? Well, no, but, but I'm like Moses. So, so we've just got to see this, right? All three of these characters are, are immensely helpful throughout the course of the people of God. Um, uh, and, and what we are, want to see here is, Jesus, are you a helper? Yes. Yes, I'm a helper. Uh, John the Baptist, right? He helps people by giving them, pointing them to something bigger, right? Something beyond this broken world and all of its hurts, He's trying to turn hearts away from this world and all of its hurts and all of its struggles and onto a kingdom where there are no hurts and there are no struggles. Elijah is immensely helpful. He he helps by silencing the voices that lead us astray and lead us away from God. Uh, Elijah also provides for people, right? He, he, He meets people's needs right where they are. Um, Moses is immensely helpful because, because he is a leader um, that, that knows the heart of God and, and is communicating the heart of God to his people. And, and what we've got to see there is that Jesus is doing all of these things. 
So I would love to just kind of see you chime in and say, hey, which one of those stands out most to me today? We, we've talked about, about six different things, and, and maybe just give us a number, right? Number one, uh, the fact that Jesus is welcoming. Uh, number two, the fact that, uh, that Jesus can do miracles. Uh, number three, the fact that Jesus empowers other people. Uh, number four, the fact that, uh, that Jesus um, uh, you know, shifts our hearts from this world onto a much better world and kingdom. Uh, the, the fact that Jesus um, uh, silences voices that lead us astray from the kingdom of God, uh, that would be number five. And then number six, um, the fact that, uh, that, that Jesus reveals the heart of God uh, so that we might know what is on the heart of God. Uh, maybe just tell us which one of those stands out most to you today. Uh, we would love to see that and, uh, and celebrate with you whatever uh, stands out most to you. Uh, there's one more moment and one more question that we want to ask Jesus, which is at the very end of the story. Uh, Jesus, are you the Christ? Yes, he says, I am the Christ. To be the Christ means that you are the anointed one. It means that you are the set-apart one. Um, uh, just follow the sequence again, right? Herod uh, asked the question, uh, who is Jesus? And some people say, well, maybe he's John the Baptist, maybe he's Elijah, maybe he's Moses. Uh, and then Jesus uh, does the miracle, which illustrates that he is kind of like all those characters, but probably something more. And then Jesus himself asks the question, hey, who do people say that I am? Well, maybe you're John the Baptist, maybe you're Elijah, maybe you're Moses. And then Jesus turns the question and he says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ of God. You, you are the one that God has set apart. You, you are the, the character that God has set apart to be the primary helper. Do, do you see what just happened? God just revealed to us where we should turn every single moment that we need help. The game of guess who is pretty interesting, right? Because you, uh, you, you ask a question and you immediately get an answer. I, I mean, if you're playing with a three-year-old or a five-year-old, maybe they take a little bit longer to answer. But, um, but still, ultimately, you probably get an answer within 30 seconds. Uh, sometimes we walk through this process in life where, where we have trouble or we need help. And what do we do? We, we move all kinds of characters and things to that front slot. And we try to set all kinds of things and characters apart and say, hey, can you help me? And then we have to wait and see, will this thing actually help? You know, you can turn to just about anything you want and ask that thing for help. You can turn to your own smarts. You can turn to your own experience. You can turn to other people. You can turn uh, to worldly resources and information. And, we, and, and what we do is we, we take that character or that thing and we move it to the front. We set it apart and we say, hey, can you help me? And then we wait and we see. And what Jesus is doing here in this meal is so gracious because he's revealing himself as the set-apart one, as the Christ, the Messiah, the one that helps far more, far better, and far more graciously than anything else. For me, he's saving us a bunch of time, right? It's just, if I would just cut through taking out all these other things and all these other characters and moving them to that front slot and just let Jesus be that set-apart one, just let Jesus be that Savior, that Christ that can actually help, how much time and struggle would that save me? 
And so on the one hand, this, this moves me to, to sort of repent and say, hey, Jesus, I'm sorry that I, I forget you're in that front slot. I'm sorry that I put something else, uh, you know, set aside and set apart, that I, that I turn to other things for help before I turn to you. And on the other hand, I, I rejoice and I celebrate, I'm sure as you are, <laughs> that, that regardless of, of my actions, Jesus is the Christ. He is the set-apart one. He is the best helper that we could ever ask for, need, or desire. And in his grace, he always helps. It's good news for us today. Let's pray and celebrate together. Uh, Jesus, we, uh, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you have done. Uh, this, this story uh, gives us so much to celebrate. Uh, you, you welcome us, uh, no matter the circumstance or day that we face. No matter what we've done, you, you welcome us. Um, we know that you also uh, uh, can do and, and have done and are doing miracles. We know and we celebrate um, that you turn our hearts away from brokenness and things that don't work and put them firmly on things that do work. Uh, we thank you for silencing the voice of the evil one so that we might hear your voice and your voice alone. We know and we celebrate, we are thankful that you would continue to reveal your heart and that you are the set-apart one who longs to and is helping us each and every moment of each and every day. And so, Jesus, we, we, we just praise you. We celebrate who you are, and we thank you for all that you've done. In the name of Jesus, all God's people said, amen.